Welcome to Miyazaki and Me. I'm Kyle. And I'm Shane. Uh, and in this episode, we are talking about the 2014 release of When Marnie Was There. Uh, or or how I stopped worrying and learned to love my stepmom. Yeah, there's that. That's sort of, that's sort of, that's how, sort of how, how it goes. Um, so this this movie was directed by Hiromasa uh, Onbayashi. Uh, and was produced by uh, Yoshiaki Nishimura. Yeah. Uh, so, ironically enough, this is our last movie that we are covering for Studio Ghibli. Uh, but in some ways, it's kind of the first Studio Pinocchio movie. Yeah. Uh, is... Because literally right after this, uh, both the director and the main producer left to form Studio Pinocchio. Uh, which was a bit of a bummer, I believe, for Ghibli, because that also then ended up being their biggest uh, biggest gap between movies since Ghibli started, because I think they were kind of hoping that, you know, these guys would continue with Ghibli. Oh, yeah, I, I don't, I'm not surprised by that. Uh... So they didn't really have anybody in place to really take over. Uh, sorry, Goro. Yeah. Uh, but so, so we've got, so this was 2014, uh, the 2014 was also the year I moved down to Minneapolis, uh, and which isn't matter to anybody else. Uh, the, uh, but in our animation timeline, it was, uh, the same year as big hero six. Mm. Underrated. Uh, very underrated. Um, I really enjoyed that movie. Uh, yeah, it, I I just really enjoyed that movie. Uh, Baymax is like probably got a little overhyped in the the advertising, uh, but you know ended up actually being a really fun character, so it was worth it. Uh, speaking of other very fun characters, uh, How to Train Your Dragon two. Uh, came out, uh, and this I'm crediting as an animated movie because it's animated. Uh, the Lego Movie. Uh, I I won't I won't get that earwig in your in your ear. Yeah, thank yeah, inside. thank you, thank you. Um, inside. Yep. Uh, and then on the the television front, uh, this was one. Two things I've seen. Uh, one I actually have not seen, um, even though I've had a lot of people tell me it's very good. Uh, Over the Garden Wall. Uh, I saw that. Uh, I saw that. That's a very good movie. Yep, very good. Uh, Star Wars Rebels. This was the start of the first season. I don't think I saw Rebels. Rebels is very good. Um, if you're if you're a fan of the Mandalorian. Uh, there's a lot of lore that is covered in the Mandalorian that is kind of introduced at first in Star Wars Rebels. Okay. Um, and uh, the one that I haven't seen, uh, on, and it is BoJack Horseman. I've I've tried watching BoJack Horseman a bit, but I just I never really, never really got into it. See, um, my my problem is the animation style reminded me a lot of uh, Mr. Pickles, which I hated. 
Oh, that is the, uh, I could I could sort of sort of see the animation yeah side of that, but like yeah, that is that those two should not be in the same sense. Oh yeah, no, I'm sure. Um, but it was just the, pro- the problem again was just you know the fact that they were a similar enough look that I lumped them in my head together, and I yeah. I despised the one so. I just didn't watch long enough to get to the point of being hooked by it. Okay. Um, Cause I only watched the first couple episodes of season one and it didn't, it wasn't that I didn't like it. It was just that I was, there was other stuff that was on. Yep. Yep. That, that is a problem very often with me and with you uh, that we, we both have that problem. Uh, but yeah, so, so we're going into the, the movie itself now uh, when Marnie was there uh, based on a novel by Joan J. Robinson or Joan G. Robinson, uh, and uh, yeah, released in 2014 July, and it cost about 10 million dollars and ended up making about 30. So, yeah, so it was a success. Uh, basically the complete opposite numbers as our last movie in Princess Kaguya, which cost about 40 million and only made 10. But like Princess Kaguya, this was also nominated for, uh, Academy Award. Yes, it was. Um, it was also nominated and it lost to Inside Out. What, de- deservedly so though. I, that, yeah. not that this movie's bad, but Inside Out is just so good. Yep. Um, so this was the first movie I, overall that I will say actually was kind of harmed for me in in the watching by our previous film. Oh, uh, by which film? By uh, Princess Kaguya. Uh, because, because of how dark Princess Kaguya got... I thought this movie was going to be much darker, and I kept implying things in my head as I'm watching it. It's like, this is going to go even darker than I think. Like, they're they're referencing a lot of other stuff that I don't think they want to reference right here. And it's like, oh, okay, it's actually, all right, it's not that dark. It's actually a nice little fun tale. Okay. So weirdly enough, I had a sort of I, I I feel like on a second watch I will enjoy this movie more than I did on the first watch because okay. I really liked what what uh, what the end was about. But in my mind, a lot of the things that were happening early on in the movie made me think that that this girl was having a uh, uh, an awakening and a realization that she was a lesbian, uh, which I thought was wildly progressive for Japanese culture. Okay, <laughs> um, I did not see that. I was thinking it was uh, a more of a childhood trauma situation uh, that she kind of blocked in her memory, um, and was kind of because they said it's like, "Oh, you used to be so happy," and then it's like, "Oh, did one event change something?" And we're just not talking about that event, um, especially so, yeah. how creepy the coach was at the beginning. Yeah, I I kept I kept seeing that she was having trouble talking to girls and then she found this girl that she could talk to and 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 just seemed seemed to be so her and they and the thing that really got me was when they kept saying that this was going to be their secret. 
Yeah. Um, and to me, I thought that was like that was like okay, so so it's it's her hiding her sexuality from the world. Okay. Um, even if it's a even if it's a, a a girl that she created in her mind for this, like it was it was her hiding her. And then you know, and then the movie progressed, and I and I realized pretty quickly uh, where it was headed. Uh, honestly, yeah. I, I I got a little a little just a tiny bit further into the movie, and I went and I went, oh, this isn't going to be about. Uh, her being a lesbian this is going to be about this is her mom I, I i kept thinking mom not grandma but, yeah you know I, I was just like this is going to be and i got grandma later on when when somebody said her parents died in a car accident and her grandma died soon after and i was like oh this is the grandma then yeah um uh spoilers for the movie yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, i mean we always I... spoil the movie but i went real fast on the yeah, spoiling yeah, that one. yeah yeah um yeah i was thinking like all of this other stuff of like uh it's like, oh, yeah, one of my notes is literally, yay, imaginary friends. This isn't escaping tragedy at all. Um, and then I mean, she is escaping tragedy. She is. She is. Um, I did also have a uh, with Marnie, uh, especially when at first the little girl yells Marnie to her. And I was like, are we in a Tyler Durden situation? Like, um, is 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 Marnie gonna be her alter ego and yeah you know I could I could see that um I realized actually it was it was I remember when I realized is when the the girl said um you have such pretty blue eyes and then I thought of Marnie's eyes and I went oh they're gonna be related is when I realized they were related yeah well um, see and that's that's that... that's where I was co- I was getting the Tyler Durden thing I was like no you're the same person uh and in that same scene I also thought oh this girl sucks like the the lead character <laughs> sucks because she went from she she was obviously like having social anxiety issues but she went right to you're a fat pig and they did nothing to make her like yeah. to antagonize that reaction out of her um other than reading her her goal of being a normal person and like they they didn't say like it's not like they went rude after that they and then she went you're a fat pig and i'm like i hate you like yeah like, what, what is happening right. right here as as a person who has dealt with social anxiety issues um throughout their life uh I I did see that and I I can actually kind of attest to when you are in those situations and you're feeling a little like confronted you do lash out as harshly as possible else in in some instances and it's something that like you don't even realize like you're doing it a lot and it's like, yeah, you go for you go for the jugular of like, no, I, I got to get out of here. Like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care if I'm being rude. I'm getting out of this situation. You know, you suck, blah, blah, blah. You know, and you escalate it very too far. Um, yeah, I just didn't, I didn't like that. Oh, yeah. It is a terrible personality trait. I know. At, like I said, as a person who's had that happen before. Um it's like it's a very terrible personality trait of like like you in like a lot a lot of times you don't realize you do it and like you see she kind of breaks down a little bit afterwards 
because part of it is like just like realizing like oh wow i went really too far i'm very overwhelmed right now i just need to be by myself yeah. um well i think they also do a good job of having her sleep a lot uh to show yeah. the depression that she's feeling uh because that is part of depression is is the the constant feeling of tired and, and you know whenever it was almost like every single scene it was midday and she was she was falling asleep places yeah um and and that's just that's just from people wearing themselves out yeah um i i do think that they they did a really good job of showing that she had this feeling of not uh, of lack of acceptance of i mean from the get-go with the way that with the um the writing of of how she said there's circles and then there's me yeah um and then tying that into her home life um, of not trusting her adopted family because she found something showing that they got money and, yeah. and, you know, really not trusting anybody that she's around until she, she finds this imaginary friend um, who's uh, which I was wondering how some of the stuff was happening the way it was. I was like, is this really like a, like a ghost situation? Like th that yeah. seems weird. And then, and then near the end, and then at the very, very end, they show that she's, she, these stories were told to her when she was a child. Yeah, which which uh, was which a was which a was a great, nice touch. Yep. Yeah. To really to to keep it from going supernatural with it to make it like no, she was having these memories. She remembered this. She remembered the reason why she was drawn to this place is she remembered it. Um, uh, she knows she knew what her her grandma looked like, and so she and she had these stories of her grandma, and so she's she's running through them. Yeah, um, and that's why she feels this connection to this person right away, and and how she's going, how she's seeing this, and that sometimes she's seeing the story happen around her, and sometimes she's a part of it. Yeah, well, and and yeah, and even in one of the little flashbacks, you see her with a doll that is pretty much dressed in how she sees Marnie. Yep. You know. Uh. So so we get that, and it's like, yeah, it was it was. Yeah, it was it was really well done. Yeah, I I feel like this one definitely deserves another watch, um, so that I like now knowing that it's not as dark. I mean, it's dark. I mean, they do like they do address the social anxiety stuff uh, actually pretty well and actually fairly tactfully for for an animated film. Um, but yeah, knowing that it's not like oh, not completely covering up a childhood trauma complete like at least not that type of childhood trauma like because like obviously she because it feels like she has very fleeting memories of her actual parents yeah it, it's it's covering loss and and the inability to ex uh, of acceptance of others yep because everything that she has loved has left her and so it's just making it so difficult for her to accept the new love. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think that was well done. Yeah. Uh, as as always, uh, this is for the the American release. Uh, fantastic voice cast. Um, like yeah. really, uh, J John C. Riley and Gray Griffith uh, as the as the as the couple that she goes to stay with like aunt, aunt not aunt and uncle but you know kind of like aunt and uncle um uh they were delightful john c riley is always delightful in everything 
Yep. And those were great written characters. Like, yes. like uh right down to the um uh when when the mother of the the girl that she called a fat pig comes over uh and during that scene when she's saying like and then she brought out a knife and they're just and like the first part they're like, Oh, it sucks that she she was mean and then she brought the knife I feel like that doesn't sound like her. And then, like, the second she brought up the knife stuff, they were just like, you know what? Screw you. Get out. Like, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, it's and, like, uh, they're well, just, they were just so supportive and nice. And I just, they, they were just a lovely couple and they were very believably written. Yeah. Well, and, and I, and I feel like, cause I don't remember the knife thing happening at all. Um, but if, because it didn't, it was made up. Yeah. That, well, yeah. And it's like, but, but even like if you know, even as, as her parent, uh, like their her parental like guardians for the summer if they they've seen this kid walk around and they're like yeah if she had a knife one doubt that happened two your knife was probably this little pencil sharpener thing that she carries around that thing's not gonna hurt anybody <laughs> Um, but yeah, like Gina, Gina Davis as, as her, her mom, uh, Vanessa Williams, uh, uh, Kiernan, uh, Shipka, uh, who was, uh, why am I blanking on her name from Mad Men? She played, she, well, I was going to go with Sabrina, but yeah, she was the daughter of Mad Men too. I'm going with a show that I actually liked her in. Uh, got it. Because she was also fantastic in Mad Men. Um, um, she was Sally. Yeah, Sally. That's who it was. And then, uh, ironically, as I was watching this this afternoon, uh, my roommate and I were both watching things starring Haley Steinfeld uh, because he was watching the first episode of Hawkeye. Which <laughs> I am not done yet. Do it. It's good. Um, and you were watching Pitch Perfect? I was watching this. <laughs> <laughs> wait she's in pitch perfect yeah oh didn't realize that um i knew she was in true grit um yeah she plays the grit yeah i mean kind of no no uh wow i'm being terrible with names right she's in, well she's in pitch perfect two and i want to say three i don't think she's in the first one I haven't seen the third one, so I'm not sure if she's in the third one, but she's in the second one. I don't think she's in the first one. Yeah. Okay. No, she's definitely the true part, and Jeff Bridges is the grit. Eh, I think Matt Damon's the true. Yeah, that's probably right. I don't remember the movie. I remember watching it. I don't. I yeah. wasn't. I don't remember it. She was Gwen Stacy in Spider and uh, End of the Spider Verse. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right too. Um. But yeah, uh, I I enjoyed this movie. It was like I said once I once I realized like oh it's not, okay it's not as dark as it is in my head. All right, that's fine. That's good. Um, as I'm literally yelling at the screen uh, multiple times, uh, I did like that we got a little bit of our Studio Ghibli style uh, dream sequences with the very sparse backgrounds uh which i think was more noticeable in this movie because it felt like everything was a lot more lush 
and a lot it felt like there was a lot more pencil mileage going in to a lot of the earlier scenes uh than than we're used to like that that scene in the playground it's like wow we've got a ton of characters moving around and and everything it's like we're we're not used to seeing this that often with with ghibli movies yeah this one did feel a little different from the get-go uh just just a bit but i mean that that also makes sense because it was you know not not uh takahata or either of the miyazakis uh uh, really, the only other one that's been like that has been uh, Secret World of Arietti, but that one was also storyboarded by. Yeah, uh, it was well, and and uh, you know, and and to a good extent, like that. That's why we um, have our fondness for our our you know more out of the obscure um, ones uh, like you know Whisper of the Heart and Ocean Waves is yeah. like they are studio ghibli movies and feel like studio ghibli movies but also feel different um which it's you kind of get that same thing here but like like i said this i think partially knowing that basically everybody that worked on this at a major level left the studio afterwards it's like yeah it doesn't feel like doesn't feel like a studio ghibli movie yeah, you could have you could have told me this was a uh, different anime studio, and I I would have I would have believed it in a heartbeat. Um, but that's not necessarily like uh, that's not definitely not a knock on the movie. It no, it's not good. a yeah yeah it was um, it was very good, very well done. And I, I think I, I said this before. I think I will enjoy this more on a second watch than I did on the first watch. Um, from the mindset that it is not, I was bummed out when I found out that it wasn't it wasn't about a. a a girl finding, find, you know, discovering her sexuality and that, and uh, you know, it's being able to find yeah. a way to get out there. Like I was just like coming of age tale of a girl that's that's you know hiding within herself because she's a lesbian. Let's do it. And then I was just like, oh, it's not that. Oh, I was like, this is good too. But yeah, like, it's like this is good too. But the movie that I'm making in my mind that 100%. I think this is going to be is. Yeah, like not more interesting, but just interesting in a level I would enjoy more, and not done in this medium as 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 much, especially you know five years ago. Yeah, um, because like the idea that that or in at at all in Japan, uh, but yeah, not at uh, all in Japan, that's for sure. Like the idea that 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 her being so withdrawn and and away, like yes, it has to do with the loss of the parents and and being you know, being an orphan, but like also that she can't find a way to connect with anyone around her because she can't tell anyone the secret. Like I, I had this whole thing like panned out and like made every scene make sense to what I wanted it to do in my mind. Yeah. And then like, it was just so bummed when, when, uh, uh, when that, that wasn't the story being told, but still found a way. But luckily I found out early enough in the, in the movie that I wasn't, didn't take that into effect like the way I saw the rest of the movie, I was able to like then reset what I was looking at and and enjoy what was coming up. Yeah, I I can see that, and I like the fact that, um, because because yeah, it, it's it's funny how the two characters she connects with the most are the little girl, um, 
that kind of in some ways forces friendship upon her um but i think part but i think part of how uh, people that are that are boxing like that kind of get friends in a lot of ways No, that's true i mean that's me and craig um yeah (laughs) like craig just pulled me along to places for years um and uh so you have that um but but i think part of her her connection there was like oh this is the girl in this house that i'm weirdly fascinated with i guess there's no avoiding her all right um whereas you could see anybody else like the girl she calls fat she literally walks away from her the first time she sees her um and it tries to avoid her at all costs and then yep. this little girl that she kind of befriends is like, all right, well, there's no avoiding this one. I guess I have to kind of struggle through. Oh, I guess she's actually nice. Oh, okay. All right. I can deal with this. Um, I'm also, I'm glad they didn't try to, I, I mean, they, they, they had her apologize at the end of the movie for, for saying that for calling her fat. Yeah. Um, but they didn't try to shoehorn a connection there after the thing. Like I was worried that they were going to try to like force a friendship between those two after yeah. that point where it's more believable that she leaves for the year and comes back the next summer. And then that's, you know, it's kind of bygones be bygones at that point And, and, you know, willing to talk it out and be, and be friends yeah. there, especially since she apologized right before she left. Yep. Like that's more believable than a friendship happening that same summer. So I'm glad that they didn't shoehorn that. In. Yeah, I, I, I was, I was the same way thinking. It was like, oh, please don't shoehorn a friendship in with, with this girl, um, because I, I liked how that was handled. Of like, she kind of, she didn't officially accept the apology, but she's like, eh, yeah, all right, I like, I'm not forgiving you <laughs> about this, yep. but we'll also, see next year. yeah, it's like, I'll said. see you next year and basically kind of a in an atoning way uh it's like you're helping with garbage pickup next year it's like okay yeah (laughs) um but then you go go ahead shane oh i was gonna say when when it comes to shoehorning relationships and i was worried that they were going to try to shoehorn a a crush on the older brother of the uh, of the young girl that was in the uh the house too once they brought the older brother into it yeah, I was so, I was very worried they were going to do that, and they did not, which which I, which made me happy as well. Yeah, I I was I was happy about that um, that that didn't happen. Um, I was happy about uh, the fact that we didn't get a uh, <laughs> one of the characters actually reminded me very much of. Of one of the characters from one of the characters reminded me very much of one of the guys from the uh, the Latin Quarter. How he okay. was like jumping around and stuff, um, but in just in some ways, and I was like, so I was reminded of that. Uh, yeah, kind of a little bit like Shun at the very beginning, um, but not not a ton. One one thing I wish that I got from this movie was 
uh, because Hisaka, who is the artist, uh, yes, um, she when she's telling that story and then uh, and you know she kind of you feel like Anna realizes what's going on right then um, when she's crying and then and then she finds out for sure later on that that was that was her grandmother yeah that the story was about um, that I sh- that she'd tell her that it's like oh by yeah, the rather, way. Rather than I'm writing you a letter, like, and and I get that's a lot to say at that point yeah. in the movie, and that they're finishing up, but like something, like like thank you for so- t- uh, talking to me about my grandmother, or, or you know something, some little thing there for a reaction yeah. between the two at the end. Um, but also that is that is a little bit more of an American thing of of getting like a physical reaction between yeah. somebody like that and and get and kind of finishing that off like i i wanted to see it though like i really yeah. wanted to well, see it and um actually i i very much credit the the direction of this movie um because there there's little moments that you even get really interesting facial reactions in which you don't always see in animation um and actually one of them is uh when when Anna's talking uh with uh what's what's the the girl that uh she she called fat I hate just saying referencing that all the time uh oh um uh Nobuko. Nobuko. Yeah, so when when she's when she's talking and when they're going to the party with Nobuko, Nobuko uh and Nobuko says something, walks back up to her friend and you can see like Anna's like, "Oh cool, I'm out of the conversation. This is good." And then Nobuko like steps back to talk to Anna again and you just see Anna's face just crestfallen of like, "Oh god, I've got to interact with someone again." I don't yeah. like this. And it was like, it was a very subtle, but like interesting moment of like, okay, cool. All right. I'm, I'm cool. I'm cool with this. Like, I'm glad like that we're seeing actual like acting from these animated characters. Yeah. It, 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 it was nice to see that it was well done. Um, it, it was, it was, that's something that they've been building up in the last few a lot more because you got the you got the over the overdone facial expressions in, in earlier Ghibli movies, yes. um, but they've gotten a, they've gotten a lot better in the last I would say five ish of having those subtle subtle facial cues. And this yep. one, I think, because this one was done with a lot more not quiet talk, but like people that enjoyed the quiet. Uh, and like, didn't need to speak to a lot of other people. Like, and we didn't have like a, a a monologuing voice throughout the whole thing. Like, like because it was it was trying yeah. to build off some of that subtleties. It was easier to notice some of these these facial cues. Yeah, and and like we, I've got to like we said we we've got to credit. I mean, like technology advancing is one thing, but you know we've got to credit Hiramasa Yon on Bayashi um because he's one of these guys who actually worked his way up like he was in between and cleanup for Princess Mononoke 
He was an in-between animator for My Neighbors the Yamada. Then he became the key animation key animation for Spirited Away, assistant director for Tales from Earthsea, you know, key animation uh, director um, st- and storyboards for for Secret World of Arietti, and then you know then is is the director for this and then goes off and launches his own studio um with and directs uh marrying the witch's flower and modest heroes in back-to-back uh, years uh modest heroes is a uh anthology so he's one of he's yeah he's one of the directors in that yeah I think I think it's one of three stories I think he's one of three directors yeah. but yeah still yeah 100% like uh, and there's nothing shown. I be- uh, I looked at him earlier. Um, I don't think there's anything shown in development form right now. But but you know you know that that he's got to be. I mean the fact that his last movie was was a uh, uh, well last full movie was Marrying the Witch's Fa- Flower. Yeah, which was 2017. So it was. Yep, yeah, and it was very critically received. So he's probably storyboarding and working on things that are just kind of getting delayed. Um, yeah, because of how the world is currently. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's, it was really well done film. Like, I, I know I keep going back to that, but like, I was just, yeah. One, one, again, once I, once I realized like, okay, all right, great. This isn't about, you know, assault at a young age that, and childhood trauma that we're covering up. It's just, it actually kind of feels a little tame of like. Oh, the reason that I'm mad at my foster parents is because they were getting like a government like supplement like for taking care of me, and it's I, like that's foster care. <laughs> yeah, um, I will. I will say there's a there was a weird like scapegoat excuse for sending her to the to the countryside and that was the the asthma yeah the asthma I thought the, the inclusion of the asthma at all was was weird and unnecessary like it, it seemed like it was almost just just for that one scene where the doctor comes and says you're fine um yeah when it could have been you know she could have had a panic attack yeah like, and, and and that's that's what i felt like it was was like it was a panic or anxiety attack and it's like those are very different but I mean, in both cases, you probably would be like, yeah, don't overwork this child. Like, let her leave. <laughs> let her go, you know, to the countryside yeah. and be in a more calming environment for for a little while until she can, you know, work through these issues. You know, in you know today's day and age, we would be like, all right, maybe we can try this medication. Because you probably need it. Um, uh, I, I did also out loud go, that's not how asthma works. Because they said, <laughs> yep. oh, the air is sweeter here. So your asthma will be will be fine. I was like, that's, I, as someone with asthma, that is not how asthma works. Yeah, I was like, yeah, it's like, that's not, that's not how asthma works at all. Um, which, which is why, like, I almost wonder if it was more, it was more of a lost in translation. But like, even the Wikipedia says, like, no, she had an asthma attack. And it's like, does Japan just not? recognize yeah, that the, there's a thing called like anxiety disorders which yeah it just it just felt like a scapegoat of them trying not to 
bring up the anxiety for some reason or, or like yeah. or not use anxiety when it just made much more sense to to have it be a a, a panic attack or an anxiety yeah. attack or or something of that sort would make yeah. a lot more sense to me. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think one of my notes is like, oh, this is going to be an existential crisis, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> very early on. So that was the mood that I was in. Like, that's one of my first notes is like, oh, this movie is going to be an ex about an existential crisis. It's like, oh, that's that's the headspace I was in when I started this movie. So, oh, I at the very beginning, I was like, oh, this is going to be about depression. And then like very quickly when the when the Marnie stuff started happening, I was like, oh, this is about a lesbian. Because uh, I was also thinking like, like, oh, she's got, you know, she's very much a tomboy. Like, I, I yeah. would not have guessed that that was a female character just looking at at the art right away uh, with the way that they drew her um and that also kind of built into why i thought maybe it was going to be about that but i can stop talking about how i how i yeah. wish that this was a coming of age story for for uh young this is why, this is why we uh, just we oh. just have to yeah this isn't ocean waves where it's almost a gay romance but it's not a gay romance yeah <laughs> but we wanted it to be a gay it romance, a gay romance so as well <laughs> We wanted it to be a gay romance so much. Um, that being said, I also like uh, like the little I Easter egg. Uh, there's a hidden Totoro uh, as she uh, enters her uh, like aunt and uncle's house when they get to the country. There's a little Totoro like statue um, in in the foyer, um, or at least it looked like because it. it was very it was similar at first. I thought it was like one of the little um owls that he keeps carving but it's like no that definitely is a totoro oh nice yeah i was trying to keep my eye open for some from easter eggs i didn't i didn't notice many or i didn't notice any um and i didn't i and i was looking up fun facts and normally they, they pop up with easter eggs and um i didn't i didn't see any in the fun facts either of of either wikipedia yeah. uh, or imdb or anything one of the things that i did as i was as i was writing this like this is very much a and i might be thinking of it more because i know that uh wwe doesn't like this word either um uh i think this is the first time we ha have a character say that they hate someone oh really i i'm i can't remember any other instance of actually using the word hate You know, or no, it wasn't WWE. It was it was a WCW. It's like, oh, we don't like the word hate. Uh, so you strongly dislike this person. Uh, but of course, this was also a Paul Heyman story. So who knows if it was true? Uh, for all of our wrestling fans out there that will catch that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I'm pretty sure like this is the first time they like a character says like, oh, I hate you. And it's like, it kind of caught me off guard. I was like, oh, that doesn't feel like, like the type of vernacular that we normally use in this, in these movies. Yeah. Interesting. That that one kind of flew right by me, but, but yeah, that, that does make sense that, you know, for movies made for, for younger people, they would keep that kind of speech out of it. Well, um, and it's, it's, yeah, yeah, generally, but like, it's, it's more just like a, you know that exact verbiage, like they, they'll, like I said, yeah. they'll they'll use like a, you know, we strongly like like we dislike this person, but you know, just like a flat out, just like pure and simple, like ah, I hate this person. Oh, for yeah. sure, because hate just feels stronger when yeah. when it's used like that. 
Yeah. And that and that could have been the in the translation as well. So But yeah, I mean, final thoughts of this movie for me is uh I I really like it. I think that it that it looks beautiful. I don't think it stands out uh animation wise um really in comparison to any of the other movies, but I I do think it's a pretty movie. Like it doesn't Yeah. It's not like below the you know, it's it's not like a step below everything. It just doesn't have like a pop yeah, for me. Yeah, like like it has it has um like we said it felt it felt a little busier at first but we still had that very stu- like I, I always say like we we have the studio ghibli palette yeah of colors and it's like okay th- it, like this feels like you know more of our our Miyazaki style movies you know in in tone and colors um and so like that's a that's a great thing like that's great but you know yeah it it also felt a little different so yeah there was a there was a couple spots in this movie where i felt like it dragged um just little just like for little bits um uh specifically some of the I, and I know they were building a relationship, but some of the early Marnie stuff just felt long without any like payoff for some of those earlier scenes. Yeah. Um. And then on the flip side of it, some some of the stuff came out of, and I mean I know it's supposed to come out of nowhere, but it, it they talked about the maids and then the maids abusing Marnie, but like the maids came out came out of nowhere like that that was already two thirds through the movie yeah and they had not even been mentioned before that there were two maids there as well and then they were just like oh yeah there was two maids there too and they also abused her and you're like oh new characters and they're yeah. uh, immediately abusers yeah new, um, new characters and they're awful okay yeah so it felt like they didn't they, there was a couple things like that could have been little bits of information that could have been dropped earlier that that some of those dragging meets could have like added some story some story rather than just relationship building that the relationship building felt like because because she was obviously imaginary or some some sort of magical or things like that they did it didn't feel like they needed to build the relationship as much as they felt like as much as it felt like the movie felt they needed to build it um which is why i felt that those scenes dragged that they were just building a relationship that was already established uh from the way that they they talk to each other from the get-go in my opinion yeah um one thing i have a question on on this one for for you uh not for the other person on the call yeah our our silent producer yeah um do you think it would have been more impactful having the old man not pull the silent bob and just say the one thing at the very end or did you like the fact that he just said the one thing at the very end um i think it would have been more impactful if there was for any reason for the guy to react to the name marnie but before they had no connection from anything that they built in the movie so like to me i was just like oh he i don't i don't know why he chose right then to speak I think mm-hmm. it would have been more impactful if if uh if his speaking meant something uh but it it just didn't feel like it did. Yeah, that's that's why I kind of made the silent bob comparison cuz it's like, well, in clerks it makes sense why bob 
finally talks. Yeah. And Dogma, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> like, he just starts Dogma. talking. Well, Dogma's the best movie ever. Um, that's not true. <laughs> it's not even Kevin Smith's best movie. Um, it's still very good, though. It's still very good. It's, I mean, it's like one of his, like, top three for me, probably. Man, I... I hope i don't know if i should ever watch that movie again i don't know how yeah i i don't know how well it holds up anymore um Um, i've I've watched chasing amy recently and that still holds up it gets a bad rap i mean there's heavy flaws um speaking (laughs) speaking of our lgbt friendly there's massive flaws in that movie um but it's a well-done movie um but yeah, getting back to it, no, I, I felt like that that moment wasn't earned. Yeah. Um, like I think that the character itself had earned a speaking moment. Yes. It just it just wasn't that that wasn't it. <laughs> like I don't like if something had happened and he was like shouting out like a hey stop or like you know doing something helpful or actually reacting to something like if he had been shown in any flashback, even not talking in any of the flashback uh, yeah. or or imaginary scenes like to show that he had some kind of relationship with anybody like almost a better talking thing would have been in that same scene if he were to have spoken when anna was leaving and basically just say goodbye like knowing she's leaving for the summer or and yeah as as because he seems like a very morbid old man anyway. Just the oh, you're leaving. Well, I don't know if I'll see you again. But That's I too enjoyed, much. but I enjoyed our time. You know, no, no, too much. You you did too much. Yeah. Even even a uh, bye. Like even yeah even just, just a, yeah just a bye well, yeah. Goodbye. Like that would have been that would have been nice. Yeah. Um, um. But yeah, the Marnie. You, you don't nothing here is proven that you know marnie yeah. come on let's get that and, out of here and also have you not heard this kid talk about marnie for the rest of the summer like is this the first time you've heard there say this because it shouldn't have been because this is literally the only thing she does here Uh, but yeah, overall I did, I did enjoy the film. I thought it was very well done. Um, you know, maybe on our next thing, uh, we can, I don't know, cover Marion or Witch's Flower or something like that. I don't know. It's not really retro, but neither of us have, I don't think either of us have seen that movie. That's true. Have I seen that movie? I may have watched that movie. No, I, I haven't like, watched I that thought, movie. No, you said movie. you saw you said you saw the other Studio Pinocchio one. What was the other Studio Pinocchio one? I was that will, over the wall? Uh not over the wall. I will pull it up right now here. Oh no, that's it. They have literally only done uh Mary and the Witch's Flower and Modest Heroes. Yeah, I've I've heard really good things about Mary and the Witch's Flower, but I've not watched it. Okay. Been, it's been recommended to me many times. Okay. I don't. I don't think I've. Seen, I think I've. Seen, did I see this? No, I didn't see this. Nope. I'm looking at it again now. No, I have not seen this. 
It's I've watched so many animes. You've watched so many animes. That's why I was like, <laughs> I'm sure you've seen this. I feel like at a time I thought that I saw it, so I might have said I've seen it in the past, but yeah. I, don't, I don't think I've seen it. All right, so uh, before we get to, well, I mean, this is really the only plug. Um, so this is overall um, our this is our final film review for Miyazaki and Me uh, because yeah. we did Earwig and the Witch when it came out. Unfortunately, uh, yeah, don't go back and listen to that. Yeah, don't go back and listen to that because you just hear two very angry people. <laughs> for the most part we try to be constructive with it we try like, to be constructive but our jokes about bash on things uh yeah. unless they like fully deserve it with, which none of the miyazaki and me movies do so yeah 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 there there's a baseline and like that baseline is like at worst like if we're going out of 10 it's like a four out of 10 like our baseline is like it's not completely awful it's not unwatchable but when we're going from you know earwig and the witch to hell's moving castle there's a discrepancy there you know a little bit you know like one of the one of the best animated movies of all time and then also earwig and the witch yeah um Again, no offense, Goro. You're never gonna listen to this. Uh, Little but... did he know, Goro's listened to every episode. Oh God! I mean, that would be real bad. Love me, Dad. <laughs> um, but kind of what? What are your overall like next next week or two weeks? Uh, we are going to kind of go over our favorite films um, from from Studio Ghibli. Um, kind of like we did halfway through with the with the rankings episode. So we'll go more final thoughts. That's uh, in that, but like, kind of just overall, like it it kind of feels like a little bit of an accomplishment. Like, hey, we actually finished this. Oh, for sure. Um, and it's one of those accomplishments that I am happy that I did because I enjoyed watching these movies. I enjoyed talking about these movies. Like. It's not something that it's, it's, it's an accomplishment that, uh, uh, that I felt like I got something out of it. Yeah. Like I feel, um, that like, because I was, you know, not a big anime fan before this, like literally, like we said, I I'd watched like four, you know, an anime, like studio Ghibli movies and wasn't a big fan of anime in general and then, you know, now cut to now, and I'm very much in it, like, loving the idea of like, oh, you know, maybe, yeah, maybe I will watch Mary and the Witch's Flower. Maybe I will watch, you know, this other stuff. It's like, oh, all right, cool. Um, well, if you want to, I got, I've got suggestions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's actually where our next podcast is gonna come. And we're going to keep the two-week bi-weekly format. Um, and Shane and I and possibly some guests here and there are just going to start recommending movies to each other. Um, yep. We're going to go back and forth. Um, or I'm tentatively calling it Retro, retro Reco. Um, so it's a retro recommendation. 
Um, and we're going to start off with our Christmas special. Uh, we'll announce that, what movie it actually is uh, on, the next next, on the next episode. Um, but yeah, we're literally just going to keep going back and forth um, t- until we get sick of it, kind of. Yeah. Um, uh, and some of these movies are going to be movies that uh, a majority of them are going to be movies that one of us has seen that the other one haven't. Yeah. Uh, but some of these will be movies that neither of us have seen that we're just excited about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. It's going to be a combination of 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 stuff like that because yeah, it's it's hard to it's hard to recommend something you haven't seen. Um, yeah. But that's where all of you will come in and be like, yeah, if you actually want to like recommend a movie that's why we're going to try and have guests on more often for that series um to just like yeah i just want to i want to watch and discuss cool movies with people so that's like if you recommend that we we watch shanghai nights which i'm sure we both already seen but you know we'll watch it again i is that the is that the first one or the second one? Oh no, that's the sequel. It's a uh... okay. I think I've seen. And I only brought it up because it's for some reason is on my next up for you on Amazon Prime. <laughs> Why did you watch Shanghai Noon? Or I don't remember watching Shanghai Noon, but maybe I did. I don't know. Amazon Prime. I'm not taking recommendations for you anymore. Yeah, that's a real random one. Okay. Um. But yeah, we're and then we're we're also gonna have some fun. We're gonna have some fun with that with that series too. And even if it's not really a hey, you've never seen this, uh, like I'll I'll spoil this one because it'll be in April. Like opening day, opening baseball day, we're watching Major League. Like do every year because anyway. we do that every year anyway. <laughs> we just don't talk about it. Um, so yeah. we probably should have Carl on for that one. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Um uh but yeah, uh so so yeah, it's going to be stuff like that. Like just just films that we we will enjoy um and hopefully you as the listeners enjoy as well. Um so yeah, keep keep subscribed to this feed um on all your podcast catchers. Um cuz yeah, we even though this series will be done until the next Miyazaki movie comes out. Um we're we're not going anywhere. So, and, and hey, you know what else? Else, what? Be good to each other.